Welcome to the Gab and Jules show, new edition, still no Gab Marcotti's on holiday. So look who is here with me. I'm back. Let them We're know back you're back. We're I know, back together, man. My guy. I know, my brother. The Dream Team is on, and just for you and for Thank our, you. our main segment, yeah. uh, Manchester City, who restarted the Premier League with a win at Leeds uh, yesterday. So on Wednesday night, we're recording the show, of course, on, on Thursday. We'll talk about that at length. We talk about. United also winning, by the way, on Tuesday. We've got the Cody Gabco, of course, transfer. Chelsea also making a few transfers. We've got plenty of quickies. Ligue 1 started with PSG and, and Neymar and Kylian Mbappé. But as I said, let's go to City, Ned. Yeah. Because I guess with Newcastle and Arsenal winning, City, who played last in this like Premier League run of fixture, uh, boxing day and then the next two days, had to get something away at least. And they did that, and they did that in style, I thought. Yeah, I, I think they did do it in style, but in sort of like a more subtle way. Because, you know, there were times where Leeds were defending okay. Mm. And, you know, I was doing some of the coverage for the game yesterday, and people believed that the game was actually tighter than it was. But you look back, and City had some really big chances in that first half. Yeah. But then it's the timing of the goals. You know, conceding, Leeds conceding like a minute into stoppage time in the first half, it deflates you. Because for as good as they were defensively overall, they didn't offer anything in attack. And then you start the second half and you concede again off a mistake. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'll let you into a dressing room. You go out for the second half, it's like, start well, don't give them don't, anything. Don't make any mistakes. No mistakes. <laughs> we'll score one and anything's possible. Bang, everything goes wrong. Goal goes in. The game's set. And to be fair to City, like what impressed me the most was I think Pep Guardiola said before the game that Leeds are, a, are the exact team that they didn't want to play at this point. Yeah. And it's because it's at Ellen Road. Yeah, it's just like they want to play in press. They're a really young side. They're really trying to get after you. But there was a point probably halfway through the first half where City were being pressed in their corner and four or five players took the ball, moved it left, moved it right, moved it this way. The crowd were getting excited thinking they're going to win the ball back. Mm. And then there's a switch of play and it was all done. Yeah. So in that moment, when Leeds showed their hand and showed the best thing that they can offer... And it came to nothing. I think the crowd realised in that moment that it's probably the golfing class was probably just a little bit too much. Yeah, you're right. And I thought the on the first goal, especially the touch from Gundogan to turn round on the oh, other yeah. box almost, and then to send yeah. send the Bruyne away. You know what I was impressed with, and it was a bit the same with Arsenal and Newcastle. To be fair, in their game against West Ham and Leicester, is that even at nil, there was just no panic from City. Yeah. It's almost like they knew they know what they're doing. They, yeah, and it, eventually, inevitably, they were going to score and win this game. Yeah, I think I think that's the way. They it was and I think it's because of the matchup against Leeds I think for City they'd move the ball slowly slowly having the composure and so on but it's when they injected a bit more urgency and there was a big switch or something like that and there was a change in tempo mm. and it always helps to have Haaland in there you know yeah. he scores two goals yesterday and he's saying himself he could have scored could have four, or four or five, five. exactly yeah, yeah, like that's not a normal position for a striker to be in to be talking about that many opportunities which he believes are really good ones so yeah they, they're composed and you know it's so interesting that we're talking about Newcastle as well Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I watched them in that game against Leicester obviously it starts horribly for Leicester yeah. you know giving away a penalty within the first two minutes that's, that's a horrible situation to be in but in Arsenal in Newcastle in Man City you see groups of and obviously there are other teams as well who aren't too far away we see groups of players who understand the system mm. they understand their role within it they believe in themselves and they believe in those around them yeah. so when you play against them as you mentioned, you're not really ever rattled by anything that's going on because everyone knows how to stick yeah, to the plan yeah, and why you do it. I agree. It may be quite impressive to get to that level collectively. And, yeah, you know, that's they, no, it'd make it such a big difference. Yeah. You know, like when we were playing football in Doha, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if you were ever on my team, you don't understand. But there was no panic you know, for our team, no, for sure. Of course, of course not. Collectively, you said individually, 
Erling Haaland, we have, we have to talk about him because he obviously finished, he didn't go to the World Cup, as we mm. know, no one didn't qualify. He had 18 in 13 in the Premier League so far this season. He just added two in another one. So that's 20 in 14. No one has ever scored yeah. 20 in January, like by January in yeah. the Premier League. If he continues like this, he's on for 52 goals. Only like in the Premier League this season when the highest has been 34, I think. Yeah. Um, I think his XG I looked at 12.9 so he scored 20 of 13 yeah. percent XG or maybe slightly more depending on what what data you follow like can he, I mean can he continue why would he slow down anyway why would he stop I'm so I'm so conflicted by this because I, I like try I try and be a realist you know somebody scoring 52 goals whatever seems ridiculous but then in our lifetime to see Messi score 50 in La Liga yeah, yeah. you know and so anything in theory is possible, especially for the service that he can receive. Yeah. I think he'd need to remain healthy. I think he'd need to remain confident and hope that City can still manage to be scoring two, three goals every single week. And there's no guarantee of that, especially as the season progresses and the teams you're playing against are fighting their own individual battles. Like the game against Leeds yesterday is different to a game against Leeds come March, April time when Leeds yeah, are on the true. verge of potentially going down. Yeah, yeah, so the, the teams won't be as open. The challenge will be a little bit different. But he's, you know, he's, he's incredible and... You know, they spoke to him on the broadcast yesterday and he's talking about the disappointment he had when he missed those chances. Wow, crazy, but he was man. also talking about the spark that was within him because he watched the World Cup and he felt like, I really want to be out there. I really yeah, want to be playing football. Yeah. And that's essentially something that links him to all of us who love the game of football. Mm. When you see on the TV, you want to be out there, you want to improve, you want to go and play, you want to go and enjoy it. And he certainly is capable yeah. of doing that. You could tell he was hungry. Mm. A player that was at the World Cup was Jack Grealish. Mm. Just to finish on this segment, Neds, you must have been happy to see him play. I mean, I, there were two assists. There could have been more. He could yeah. have maybe scored, maybe should have scored. Yeah. But at least there was there was a lot of positives in his game. For someone who's quite heavily criticised, I feel, yeah. a, bit, a bit wrongly at times. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was heavily criticised, um, and he, you know, that's that's the type of person, that's the type of player that he's become now. Yeah. You know, there was once a point where he was like the nation's darling, but it's because he was playing for Aston Villa, who overall weren't really a threat to anybody. Mm. But now that they spent big money to bring him in, everything that he does is being overanalyzed. And there's some people who could talk about his game yesterday, but couldn't tell you how Mara's played in the game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were both, you know, kind of doing the same thing. So for him to be able to leave the field and to get to assist. And two good assists as well, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You know, for different reasons. One is the run without the ball for the second one. The other is for coming in and pressing the way that he did for the first one. And then quality pass to give it to Haaland to make the goal easier. He's good. You know, people have complaints. He doesn't score enough, doesn't get enough assists. We're here to assist. Well, he doesn't score enough. Yeah. But the fact is, he's doing a job for the side. I think he understands that. He probably wants to score more goals, probably wants to get more assists. But whilst you're playing and you're having an impact for your team, like, it's good to see. And people, you know, people, some people never like him. The fact is, like, as long as Pep Guardiola does, then that's sure that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, that's right. I struggle a bit to understand the kind of love-hate relationship with Jack Grealish that people have, whether they're pundits, ex-players, mm. like journalists, even fans to a certain extent. I understand that it, it, the perception on him was very different when he was a Villa player. Yeah. I get that. I think that the... It's not an issue, but the, 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 the idea I have now is like he was playing in a certain way at Villa because the ball would come to him all the time. Mm. And basically, whether he was making the wrong decision or not, it didn't matter so much because he was the only one yeah. capable of making something happening. So whether he would dribble past three players and then shoot when he should have crossed or then pass when he should have shot, didn't make so much difference because he was the main guy. Yeah, I can understand why at City now, there's a bit more... Um, we kind of look a bit 
a bit more onto his decision making. It's like, okay, this should have been different. Maybe his awareness is not good enough because mm. it's different. You're playing yeah. the best team in the country. Yeah. So you can't, you maybe he needs to think a little bit more maybe of what he does compared to before. I'm not sure if you understand the point I want yeah, to make. Yeah, I, th- I think I understand the point you're trying to make. But it, as you say, it's different at City. It's very, very different. The way that they play is very, very different. You know, whether it's a case of fullbacks coming into midfield or the fact yeah, that it's more like, compli- it's more complex, right? It's, well, it's just it's just different. Like in some ways, it's probably more structured. I yeah, think for yeah, the yeah, for the Villa situation, yeah, he's essentially got more of a free role. But then that structure itself, you can still find strength within that. But it's the way, like if you were to look at Jack Grealish for the first few games he played for City versus the ones he's playing now, it is different. But the fact is, for some, like some people will never like him, and some of that's come because of that hundred million pound price tag. You, you know? think? A hundred percent. If he went for 20, 30 million, you're not going to be so hypercritical about everything that yeah, he's doing. Yeah, okay. Because instead, a hundred million means you should get 10 goals, 10 assists and win 10 trophies. You know, that's the mentality yeah, yeah, that exists. Yeah. And, you know, it's fair enough to have that because, you know, why wouldn't you think that? Because if you're, if you're spending money on something, it should have value. But then for me, say, so he missed some chances in that game against Leeds. But the chances he missed were ones where he put himself in a better position than he would have done if he was at Aston Villa because yeah. he'd be coming from deeper. The time, there was one in particular, I think it was one when he got squared to him by Rico Lewis, where Haaland pulled to the back post and Jack then goes to the near post. That's a combination play between the two of them. Yeah. And as was the case for the first goal for Haaland, like, he's not just standing out wide, he's coming in and trying to affect the game and he stole the ball there at that point. So he is fundamentally getting better. I think Pep understands that. I think he sees his potential in training, sees his potential in general. That's why he brought him to the club. And some people will not like it because at times it feels like he's always coming back into trouble. But judge him according to when there's space in front of him. If he's, if he's as frustrating as you think he is, then he'll find space and then not be aggressive with it. I think every yeah. time when he can be aggressive, he chooses to be that. And it doesn't always end up in something, but he can change the pace of the game, as is the case of all City's wingers when they do get the time and space to do it. Yeah, of course. But more often than not, for City, they're going to be two lines of four and two forwards that are going to press really well for the opposition yeah. pretty much all the time. So you have to break that down. Because if you play against City in an open field game, likely it is, you'll get destroyed. So I, I've got no issue with him. You know, I would like to. I hope he scores more goals. But if he wins games and he plays every week, and the players trust him, then like, what's the issue? I just think that positional play, which is what City and Pep do, yeah. the best of the the best of the best, mm. is I think takes time to to sort of in, like to understand and to yeah. to almost digest. Yeah. You know, the, we know the training is very complicated. We know yeah. that it's all very like precise and everything. I think when you played at Villa for all those years, where basically all the game was about give the ball to Jack, and then Jack is gonna yeah work his magic and do whatever he wants and then you go into something far more structured and I think structure you even kind to say structure I yeah. think it's very complex it was always going to take time it's 18 months and 18 months feels like a long time in yeah. football it's, everything serves but, a purpose everything serves a purpose like for Grealish and Mares, whether it be Foden whoever sometimes they'll stay high and wide and they might not touch the ball for two minutes Yeah, like there's some players I know who at that point will be like I need to go and touch yeah, the ball yeah, yeah, so yeah. they go and do something else but that actually affects the general flow of play. Of course. Like the amount of times in that first half where Gundogan wasn't touching the ball and, link, and like being a, a pivotal part in general possession is because he's standing on the other side of the, the six, his four leads, and he's going to be there because he's forcing the centre-back and the six Completely. to make a decision. Do I go here? Do I go there? And for Jack being out there, like everything serves a purpose. Not everybody understands the purpose itself. 
but it's guaranteed on the point it's going to make actually which is really interesting I thought so Gundogan and um, Kevin De Bruyne both fantastic players over the age of 30 now they're both doing their coaching badges yeah so as well as having the football intelligence yeah they're also seeing the game in a different way because they're having to learn about it in a different way because yeah. at some point they have to teach people. So would you not want to be in a team where you can look around and know tactically the manager's got you sorted, but you look to your side, you've got players as well who can lead you in sort of like a footballing way and in a coaching way as well. Completely, like, yeah. So for what he's doing, if he's doing something that goes against what the team needs, I think you would have seen those players demand change from him, but instead they don't. So I think it's worth reading into what the players do as opposed to how we perceive it. The more you, the more your players understand your tactics and the way you want to play, exactly. the better it is. Yeah, especially exactly. in those key positions. Granit Xhaka, you know, for all, not that we're talking about Arsenal here, but for all the improvement that he's made this season, mm. part of it for me is exactly what you just said. He's doing his coaching badges. Yeah. and You see a different game once you know how he's played. Huh? Completely. See a different game. Completely. Well, let's go back to Erling Haaland because we mentioned a few of the numbers already, which are like mind-blowing. Yes. I made the point on the FC show yesterday that I don't see any reasons why he would slow down because he won't, he's not going to play against Arsenal or Newcastle or let's say Liverpool who are, I guess, the other three most difficult teams you're going to yeah. face, whether it's home and away, I don't care, this season. Mm. There will be a lot of games where he will have four or five chances, where he will be able to score four or five. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, there's a reason why Alan Shearer or Thierry Henry or Mo Salah or Luis Suarez are his best or Harry Kane. Or, I mean, we can name all the great yeah. strikers that we've seen in the Premier League era here in England who've only reached 34 or less yeah. goals in their season in the Premier League. But he's different. Yeah. And I just think he's plays in the team that will create so much for him. Yeah. Even when he's a bit rusty like he was against Leeds, maybe. Yeah. He still scores two. Yeah. It's a, I know what you're saying, the potential is there. It really, really is there. And I think for City, you expect them to score over 100 goals in the league. So if that's going yeah, to be the case, will, yeah. then, you know, why can't you get to 40? Why can't you get more? Because there's just an abundance of talent in terms of people who can provide the service for him. And as well as that, he makes some really good runs. And as we saw in the game yesterday... There's a point, the very first chance he had where he tried to kick it over Melier. Yeah. Is it Meslier or yeah, Melier? Melier, yeah. Melier. The ball got played in behind and Cooper was alongside him. Within five steps, he's now ahead of Cooper yeah. because he's bigger than, quicker than, yeah. and stronger than most people who play against. So even if it's a game whereby his movement isn't as good as it say it needs to be, you always know a ball in behind offers him a greater opportunity of scoring. So I hope he does really well. And I think the sort of curveball here as such because I agree with what you're saying about the chances and his conversion rate I'd be interested to see how they play Alvarez when he comes back in Yeah, because now they're going to have to be sharing game time because as we've seen they've got a busy uh, schedule and stuff yeah, like this January so crazy. I think people shouldn't necessarily expect him to be playing in every single game all the time and in some ways if he does maybe sometimes he'll come off the bench as well because that's the way that City work it appears at times that people play every single week but when you get to the end of the season you realise that there are times where mm. they're down other times when they're, when they're very much up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I won't ask you how many goals you think he's going to score, because I think it's just impossible. Yeah, the fact he's on 20 now, after 15 games, like in my head, what was it 21 or 22 goals last season won the Golden Boot yeah, in the Premier League? So I think it was 22. I looked it up, I think with 20, he would have won already it's literally the last seven years there five, was a point in our lifetimes where a goal every other game yeah. was 
the highest standard. Yeah. Anyone who tipped above it was like, oh, this is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then along came Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. And now all of a sudden our perceptions of like what is successful has changed so, so much. Yeah, yeah. So to be at this point now, like a few years ago, if you scored 20 coming the end of the season, in your first season as a 22-year-old, yeah. that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. But now we're thinking, well, if he doesn't hit 40, maybe that's disappointing. <laughs> and, uh, that's, it's mind-blowing, but it's, it's good to see. And not everyone supports Man City, that's great. But people who appreciate centre forward play yeah definitely like, look at how he does it because he is special and I like the hunger that you mentioned earlier about the fact that he had to watch the, the World Cup on television he went on holidays of course yeah. but then watched the World Cup on television some people wouldn't watch it I mean there's, he there's, wants to watch it I know yeah and and Sky who obviously have some of the rides here did that that little promo video where he was yeah, basically walking, like yeah. he had to do things to get yeah. while, while waiting for the Premier League to restart which was brilliant mm. and yesterday Okay, maybe I think he was a bit... I think Rusty is probably the wrong word. But in the sense that you know how much he wanted to score. You know yeah. how much he wanted to play. And maybe there's a couple of chances earlier on at nil-nil where if that chance had arrived after he already scored the two goals, he yeah. would have scored bang-bang. Yeah, the two. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he's an interesting player because I think his priorities are his team first and then his own like individual thing within that second. Mm. I know some strikers where it's the other way around. But after the team had won... He's gonna. He reflected back and thought, "I should have scored more." Yeah. There are some strikers whereby, as long as they score, they don't care about the misses. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is the thing about him and some of these other talents who are very, very much aspirational. They want to get better, and you, it's so easy to forget. He's twenty-two years of age. I know it's crazy. If you think he's like Kevin De Bruyne and so on, and you know even Benzema winning Ballon d'Or at thirty-five, exactly. He, if he stays fit and continues to improve and has the drive that he has and he's in the right sort of situation, like in three, four, five years' time, we could see a player that's maybe twice as good as he is now. Yeah. It's a guy who's currently scoring a goal every game basically throughout his career. It's, it's crazy to think, but I think he understands it. He seems very level-headed. Yeah, yeah. He's got things heading in the right direction. People are trying to keep him sort of like under wraps. And he just wants to get better. A great player that wants to get better is a player you want to have in your side. Definitely. And he's one who you definitely do not want to play against. And obviously because he was born in Leeds where his dad played, I think it was a special, it yeah, was a special, a special game one, in yeah. a way as well. You know, it was yeah. special. Yeah. Right, another player who impressed us is Rico Lewis. If you don't know who Rico Lewis is, he's an 18-year-old. I mean, we, we're going to call him a right back. Yeah. This is primarily what he is. Mm-hmm. From the City Academy, who has now played... In the last three games, yep. including the Carabao Cup game against Liverpool, which was obviously a huge game, where he did really well as an inverted fullback, as yep. an inverted right back, and same again away at Leeds. You made your debut when you were really young at City, well, albeit yeah. in a different yeah, context. Different, it's different City, yeah. But still, still, yeah. still, you know how hard it is yeah. to do that, and it's probably even harder to be able at that age to already kind of. Master, you know, master might be a little bit strong, but do you know understand, what I mean? understand, yeah, understand how to do it, yeah. a role that is very difficult to play in. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, just for stats, so Michael Richards is the youngest, then I'm yeah. second youngest, and then it's Rico Lewis. Oh, okay, I'm glad. So I'm I glad. Stu- I'm I stuck myself yeah. in. I stuck <laughs> myself into the chat somehow. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's in the Premier League because I did make my debut at 17, but we don't need to get yeah, to that. Yeah, we don't. Uh, okay, we don't need to get to that. But um, <laughs> he, the thing, what I would say here. And this is something that is in existence at most major clubs. The identity of the football club is whereby the fullbacks can come inside yeah. in theory. So that's what they do throughout the academy. 
So there are players who are coming through now, whether they're 10 years of age, yeah. 20 years of age, who've been trained to do that and understand the why. Yeah. So when they go into the first team, they're not being asked to do anything really that is a million miles away Fair from enough. what they've been yeah, taught yeah. from before. But still, the way that he does it is exemplary. You know, as I say, he's 18 years old and he can always get better and stuff, but he's linking play really well. Most of his decisions were really good. Yeah. There were a few minor mistakes, but you can put that down to the of fact course. he's 18. But he's going in there and he's setting up Man City's play. And if you think about who's around him, he's got England international in John Stones, he's playing in the ball. You've got a Kanji Swiss international, yeah. Ake Dutch international, yeah. playing alongside a Spanish international. Yeah. And he's getting the ball and being tasked with linking the play to Kevin De Bruyne, Belgian yeah. international, Ilkay Gundogan and Erling Haaland. Yeah. And they all trust him because he puts himself in the right places and makes the right decisions. It's, for me, it's truly like, it slips under radar yesterday in the broadcast because they just think, well, it's just City and they're trying to focus on bigger, brighter things. Yeah, yeah. But somebody that can do that and in that game against Leeds, it'd be very easy to be overawed because if Leeds come and press, it's very easy to make a weak decision and just play the ball longer. But he showed the character to be able to get the ball down and move it. Defensively, he was good as well. Mm, I agree. And when a manager like Pep Guardiola is comfortable enough to play you and leave Cancelo and Walker on the yeah, bench, yeah. you know, you've got to give yourself a pat on the back. But Pep said, yeah. like, you deserve to be in there because he yeah, played so well the game before. So... What I was amazed with, and I might be slightly wrong here, so you know, can't miss the slide, but I I saw him in the Champions League yeah. at right back, maybe yeah. Copenhagen yeah. home or something yeah. like that, or, maybe well, another yeah. one. But he didn't. He was not as inverted as he was no. against Liverpool. So what I like, and from what I see from the outside, not not having the inside that you have, is like maybe Pep thought, okay, we're teaching you this, and as everything that you teach a yeah. kid or an adult, an adult, whatever. It takes a bit of time for you to get ready. Mm-hmm. So you almost play as a normal fullback yeah. earlier in the season, as a normal right back in the Champions League, which are the, t- the tough games, is not you know, no doubt. And then finally you're ready, and Pep said, "Okay, now you're ready to play like exactly we want you to play. Show us against Liverpool." And yeah. I think if you're an 18-year-old kid to have had that kind of confidence, okay, I'm star, I star you, but just play like as a as a no- normal yeah. right back. Yeah. Now you've showed us enough at training and in friendlies and all of that that you can play more like we want you to play as an inverted right back. Mm. Go and show us and you do it. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's it's very, very impressive. And I think one thing I would say about Pep and that City side is that you can get an idea of how they're going to play based on the people they have on the field. So it's unlikely that if Cancelo and Rico Lewis were playing that Cancelo wouldn't be the one who maybe comes inside that bit more, you know, and he can get himself higher. And it also depends on the wingers. Say if... um, Phil Foden saying yeah, yeah, right, yeah. maybe he'll come inside more so Rico Lewis can get higher. Yeah. You know, it's about those sort of combinations yeah, 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 and the yeah, balance exactly, that they have. Yeah. But, you know, he's it, it's class. Like, this is very, very good. He's, he's 18 yeah. years of age. He could be playing for the under-3s development team for the next five years, yeah. you know. But instead, he's playing in the Premier League. He's played in the Champions League. He's played in the EFL Cup and probably playing the FA Cup next week as yeah, well. Yeah. And I just hope that he continues to improve and get better because... For as good as Carl Walker is, he's 31, 32. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, know, you hope that you can bring in academy players who can come in and maintain the momentum that the club already has. And I think to be giving him a taste now mm-hmm. and for him to not look like he's, he's 18 years of age and to have co- coaches like Pep Guardiola picking you up instead of these other people yeah, yeah. and to be playing well, to have scored in the Champions man. League. He must be pretty... He must be- Feeling ah, pretty listen, good this He's morning, the king of Manchester right, right now. Yeah, he's the absolute king of Manchester. Yeah, I've been yeah, there yeah. once before, but, hey. never like but he's the king for sure. <laughs> Just before we go uh, and finish this segment, a word on Leeds. 
this was not a game that I think they would have expected to get points from. I mean, if you do, if you get a draw, if you get a win, great face to bonus. This is not where you're going to go down or no. stay up anyway. Did you see anything that uh, make you optimistic, pessimistic? I mean, I think Ilan Melier, who I love dearly, yeah. as you know, because he's French, you can't expect him to make 10, 15 saves every no. game that you got because defensively you're quite poor. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. I thought Melier did play really well. But interestingly, I thought the Rodri one he possibly could have saved because he ended up yeah, going, going above it. I think he'd be disappointed with yeah. that. But Leeds were interesting because in the game you could see that they prepared to try and deal with City defensively. But then when they won the ball in turnovers, they didn't have anything on the other side. Nah, that's true. I've seen Christensen get the ball and he's looking to play a channel ball because someone's going to make a channel run, especially yeah. down that right-hand side. And if it didn't work out, nothing happened. Yeah. So I think this is one of those instances where, as the underdog, you spend too much time focusing on the opposition and forget about your, yourselves. But for them going forward, for most of the games that they'll play, they won't necessarily have that thing in mind. And when they play against teams who are in and around them... The strengths of the other teams are not so great that you have to have it as a point of focus. Yeah. So I think with their high energy, with the youth that they have, and interestingly, is a I don't really I don't really love stats. So I apologise for this. So the the three youngest teams in the Premier League is Leeds, third youngest, yeah. and then the other two are Arsenal and Southampton, yeah. top and bottom of the league. So it just goes to show yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. if you get the youthful exuberance right and balance it around with experience, you can be great. But if you get it wrong, you can be down at yeah, the Yeah, no, the definitely. And uh, I just think that if they don't recover the ball high, which yeah. they were never going to do against City, really. Yeah, then they're not going to be able to create that yeah, much. because they don't have, I think, with the ball. For me, it's a great team without the ball in terms of how, energy, how much yeah. energy they have and how they can press you because they run so much. If they get the ball... Yeah, but then that's when you hope then that the games you play against other sides... Yeah, exactly. You know, the games end up being more equal because then you can have some of your high-energy attacking players. Like, you know, again, I don't want to talk stats, but on the broadcast, I said Leeds are struggling for goals this season. Yeah. But the fact was they scored 11 in the last four games and they said they need to find a strike. And I said, maybe, but Rodrigo had nine in 13 before that yeah. point. So the fact is there is hope. And for me, in the Premier League, when you're struggling, if you can score goals, you have a chance... If you can't, then things are going to be very, very tough for you. I agree with you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, enough. 
City and Leeds, of course, need them. What about some cricket instead? Yeah, let's go, let's go, Jules. Let's yeah, go. man. So it was on Tuesday, but Manchester United also restarted with a convincing win against Nottingham Forest. Old Trafford and Marcus Rashford was the key nerds in that game. Please don't tell me that it's just because he's happy and plays with a smile. <laughs> That's an easy thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> no, there's a, you know, there's a story about Foreman. I'm sure the happiness does play into it, yeah. but it's the style of players. The fact he wants to go and take it to the opposition is the finishing's really good there. And also some of the players around him, like Casemiro's coming into his own, Ericsson's coming into his own. And when you have that, and Bruno Fernandes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can thrive in a team like that when you're being selected. Being out there and playing is a great thing. And to be honest, what he had is that World Cup effect. You play well at a World Cup, you score some goals. You come back to club football. Yeah. In theory, you think it's going to be easier, don't you? So, yeah, yeah, it should be. And to get the chance to play at home, I think he scored in the League Cup against Burnley the week before. Great goal as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he was, he's a player in form. And when you're in form playing for your hometown club and all this stuff, like, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him and Man United's element. <laughs> but I hope they always finish just below Man City. <laughs> of course but yeah, you do. He's, he's a good player. Attack, attacking but, players doing well is what you want to see. But I, the, the structure that they have now in the Ten High, and you can see the progress. And yeah, yeah they will lose games and they finish maybe outside of the top four I don't know yeah. top four whatever they, they do they will finish below City I think I can guarantee you that for this season but but it feels like because there's a structure because there's a way of playing almost mm. where people know a bit like what we were saying earlier where you know when the, depending on where the ball is what's going to happen more or less what you have to do where you're supposed to be that helps someone like him compared to the kind of chaos a bit that was there before on the Solskjaer. Yeah, it's a bunch of individuals and versus the collective you, where yeah. people understand what they're supposed to do. It's so much easier when you know where you're supposed to be and you know where the ball's going to go because yeah, of the yeah. people in the right place and you've practiced it a lot of time. Yeah. But anyway, he scored a goal. And Jules, there was also an assist for one Anthony Martial. Uh, you must be really my, happy with this, no? My boy, he's my boy, of course, Paris born and bred, as you know. Uh, so of, course, always, of course, of course, yeah. Know. Of course, of course. Um... Yeah, because I, th- I, and I've said it to you before. I think there's huge potential, and we're getting. I mean, s- soon time would run out in the sense that for him to exploit all that potential, mm. and and I think the fact that he scored and he got a bit lucky because I think Hennessy could have saved it, and he goes between Bolly's legs, and I'm not sure he's the most, yeah, he's the perfect strike, and yeah, anyway, Goals goal is a goal, right? exactly. Yeah. So he will take that. He's good for his confidence. He came, he came off early because I think he's not ready yet to play full 90 minutes and then play again at the weekend mm. like every three or four days, whatever. But I just, I just like, I think, I promise you, he's so good. I pro- he's so I, I, good. Listen, I know. Are they looking for a striker though? Yeah, but do you sign someone to compete with, with Martial? Do you find someone who will be, who still have a picking order and a hierarchy in a way that Marcel would be f- your first choice mm. and then this guy the second choice? Like, how do you spend your money? Don't know. This is a question for people who are call themselves experts and get paid a lot of money for it. But <laughs> yeah. for me, that is that is not the answer. No, I agree. Cody Gapko is now officially a Liverpool player. Nathan, we mentioned him already in the last show, but you were not with us, with mm. me, of course. You were done. You, you cheated on me. We're done, done weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, we're done. I, I don't know. I was told you were not available. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's just true. Are true. you excited? I mean, we watched him a lot together at the yeah, World Cup, yeah. uh, where he was obviously very good. Yeah. You excited to see him in the Premier League? Yeah, I am. I really, really am. I think it's an interesting time because I think Gakpo himself is ready to come to the Premier League. Yeah. You know, speaking to... Uh, a friend of mine in uh, Bolo Zenden, who's coached him for a few years and knows him quite well, said this is the right spot for him. This is the captain of PSV. Yeah. This is somebody who's done exceptionally well at the World Cup. This is somebody who develops his game year in, year out. I think he was at PSV from the age of eight yeah, to yeah, this point where he was captain. You know, he's a really yeah. good player. 
developing, as I say, continually getting better, working on his weaknesses. But it's just interesting because for Liverpool and bringing him in now, he's going to be starting, the pressure's going to be on and so on. I'm sure he'll be fine with that because in fairness, their crowd overall don't boo their players. No, yeah, yeah. But what I wonder is what happens when everybody's available? You know, what would be the Klopp starting 11 when everyone is there and ready to go? Just that front three. Or do you change it and go 4-2-3-1 maybe? Exactly. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking Nunes, you're talking Salah, you're talking Luis Diaz, uh, you're talking Jota, yeah. you know, you're talking Gakona. And Firmino, Gakona, and Firmino aren't yeah, still there. That's a lot of talent to have where you can't play them all. And then as well as that, if you can't play them all, then you want to give minutes to some. That means some will never play full games. And it's always about the team. But individually, like, you're never really happy because you're built to play 90 minutes, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I agree. But um, I'm very excited to see how he plays. You know, he's been working with, um, there's a company in Holland who help players with, you know, video analysis of their own of yeah. their own game individually to, okay. to work on their awareness, to work on their decision making, especially for forward players. And I just think you said earlier about having Haaland at 22 and yeah. he wants to get better and having a player like that who's hungry to get, to get better. I see Gapko, and I don't know if he will succeed, how well he's going to play in the Premier League or not, if he's going to be a good Premier League player for Liverpool, an outstanding player, he's going to make a difference straight away, or they will have to wait a little bit more for him to adapt. But I like the fact that the guy said, OK, how can I be better? I can yep. be better by eating well, by training well, or you know, yeah, all the recovery work, all the invisible work. And also, clearly, spending time and his own money working with a, a private company to say, like, listen, we can help you. Let's let's do this together, and mm-hmm. I just I just like that. Yeah, when I was younger, there was a point where if you did too much, people called you busy. But, yeah. But today, there's no such thing as too much because you're striving to be the best. When you look at the two best players that have existed over the last like 20 yeah. years, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can see that they have talent, but they work at their craft as well, work on themselves Definitely. physically and all that. So to see to see him coming into the Premier League, I think it's going to be exciting. I hope that he does well because the more people doing well who work hard at their craft they're the ones who will inspire the next generation to do the same yeah, and when you know that you're good but you can get better why would you not follow in that sort of light in that light as well yeah yeah I agree um, so Chelsea went in a different direction than Liverpool by signing two young players in Fofana and Badia Chile. Yeah, so yeah, tell yeah, me about right. those then. It's very interesting. Fofana is 20, just turned 20 a week ago. Uh, from Molde, very prolific striker in, in, in Norway mm. for the season. Played a little bit as well in the, uh, in the European Conference League. I don't, I don't think it's right now for the first team straight away uh, because I think he's still a bit raw. But it's only one for the future, which is what Chelsea have been doing. If you think about Slonina in the summer, if you think about Casadei in the summer, all those kind of guys, even Carney from Aston Villa, who's, mm. who's clearly not one for the first team straight away. Um, and then for Badiashil, maybe slightly different because he's a bit older, he's 21, but also has played more with Monaco, he's a French international. Yeah. So maybe for him it's slightly different, although I can see the parallel. Okay, this is great. I, I love young players, I think he's good. But... Surely they also need to improve the team for right now, no, at Chelsea? You know, this is, this is a team so. that is currently, like, not in the top four, mm. that needs to finish in the top four. And, I mean, signing young, promising players is great, but that's, I don't think that's all. Yeah, we shall see. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the 
Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. We love quickies. Let's have some more quickies, Nathan. And we're sticking with Chelsea that we just mentioned. They got back to winning ways against Bournemouth on Tuesday. Yeah, back to winning ways is key because they lost three games before the break. Yeah, people maybe had forgotten about that. Yeah, to be fair, I, I kind of did. I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, Chelsea, great team, great moment. But yeah, they were yeah. struggling. But yeah. So win at home to be able to win in the way that they did. You know, everything is great. They can be looking up the table and thinking maybe they can catch some of those ahead of them. But... But now everything is rosy because the bad news for them was that there was an injury to Rhys James. Yeah, set back on his knee injury. He just came back, literally. You know, he missed the World Cup, of course, because of that injury. He needed surgery there. Uh, and he played only 53 minutes. And I think there's a clip on social media, or if you watched on television, wherever you are, you could see the moment where he, he felt the knee and you saw his face straight away. And I think he knew yeah. he knew there was something bad. Uh, we saw his personal trainer or someone very close to him, like, putting stuff on social media before deleting it, saying, like, I prefer not to talk, kind of that kind of line. Yeah. I think there might be a feeling that Chelsea rushed him a little. Uh, Did you not think he rushed himself? Because the talk was about for the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, true. But, like, this was my question to you. First, I, I mean, I know you you never had, a, like, a huge not, injury yeah, like that. Yeah, not like that, no. And, and setbacks are part of the game. I, I, you know, <clears throat> I understand that. Do you get a bit apprehensive, maybe? But I guess the player always wants to play, right? Yeah, the player, player always wants to play. And it's credit to the ones who are desperate to be out there. There are some who will try and milk something for as long as yeah. they can. Like, not everybody has a pain threshold. So for the ones who yeah, want yeah. to come back, you know, more power to them. But it's at what cost? And I think he wouldn't have been out there unless he believed that he was fully there. And my only concern, really, and I think there was a report today that it's up to a month. But yeah. that's an easy thing to say right now. We'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I think that's a bit optimistic. I, I'm, I just worry that if he continues to have these sorts of injuries, especially in and around the knee, that in two, three years' time, it starts to affect the way he plays physically. Because for me, he is one of the best right backs yeah, in I the agree. world when he's fully fit. And I hope he gets the chance to do that and to have a long sort of run of health because we've not seen him reach his potential, but we already think he's very, very good. Yeah. So maybe there's going to be some level of apprehension, but... For him, he's driven to be out there because as a player, all you want to do is play, isn't it? And I mean, physicality is a big asset to his game to yeah. be fair, because he's just strong, he's quick, he's just... He's, 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 he's an exceptionally talented player yeah. and Chelsea missing him is as big as any player that they could miss. And we should see how they play yeah. from the side of that. Yeah, because yeah, I guess as Piliqueta... It's not the same. It's the replacement, but... It's not the same. Not the same at all. Nathan, there's reports out there that Arsenal are, are you know, thinking of building a statue for Arsene Wenger or building a statue for Arsene Wenger. Does it make sense to you? I think it makes sense to me, yeah, because when I think of Wenger, I do think of times at Highbury, but I remember them being successful at the Emirates, you know, and they, that's such a significant time for them. And to talk about the credit that he has for the Arsenal game against West Ham, 
It's the only time in my life where I've seen the old manager having the fans sing for them in the stand. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And yeah. then them still being happy with the current manager down <laughs> in the dugout. And they sing his song as exactly. well. Exactly, <laughs> to be able to sing for two managers at the time. I think Arsene Wenger, it's, it's crazy that that's how long it took for him to come back to yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that he is welcome back is something which most managers probably aren't. So I think the statue itself will deserve to be built. I think lots of people will be happy to build it yeah, for him. To be, I mean, George Graham has one, Tony yeah. Adams, Thierry Henry, then he's back. It makes sense, like, you know, if you, if you think about, like, yeah. the big... Get it up. Get big it personalities up and people. Uh, so PSG restarted the league on Woo-hoo! season. Oh, as you can see, with a victory. It wasn't easy, though, was it? That last-minute penalty from Kylian Mbappe to win it, I was like, what's going on here? So I was watching City... Uh, the missus was watching the White Lotus. I had the PhD game. It was all a bit crazy in the house. And I was like, what's going on? They scored early. Marquinhos, Neymar assist. Then Neymar gets sent off. And then Strasbourg score a bit of freakish goal, deflected cross in. I mean, I was like, oh my God, don't, don't tell me now. After France losing the World Cup final. Oh, PSG woe, was, don't... woe was me, eh? Woe was me. I know, exactly. Woe like, was me. <laughs> uh, and then Kylian right at the end scores a pen. The communion with the fans, which has not always been the case. Yeah. The part of the France for him, the celebration, Hakimi showing the shirt, all of that. They've got a new song for him. Uh, it's, it was in the end. In the end, it was good. Yeah. So I was happy. Then I of went course. to bed happy. I can see. I can see. I can see your happiness. I can see it. Very clear. And Ned, as I just mentioned, Neymar got sent off in the game. The first yellow, two yellows. The first one was like he kind of barged the, his, the, the, the midfielder. Second was for bad dive, by bad the dive. way. And then he left the stadium. So he got sent off, come back to the dressing room, take his stuff, I guess, and then leaves. Before the end of the game, what would you, as a former player, no, what do you I'm make? not happy with that. I'm not happy with that at all. I think you can, you can, people know him personally. People in his team know him personally, and they yeah. know they'd be disappointed because he's made a mistake or whatever. He might think he's been wronged for the first yellow, but definitely not for the second. Definitely not. But you kind of want to see them after the game because I don't want an apology. And every time somebody does apologize when they're sent off, you say it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's like an acknowledgement that there was a mistake which they made themselves. And I think for him to leave the stadium. Like, he's not had that moment to celebrate that last-minute goal to win the match itself. He wasn't part of that whole group. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, you will overcome it, but you will be very, very disappointed, I think. I just think that you let your team down by getting sent yeah. off the way you did. Then mm. you let them down again by not being there when they kind of needed all the support from everybody, the bench, the staff, the fans, yeah. everything. Yeah. And you will let them down because you missed the next game against Lens, who are second in the table, away on Sunday, yeah. which is a big game. So I'm just like... Uh, I, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe the traffic's bad. Maybe he's got plans this weekend. I finally was frustrated. Listen, we can all be frustrated and not go into our cars. You can sit down and be frustrated and just wait. But maybe I'm missing the point. But anyway, speaking of points, one last point on PSG or yeah. PSG. Uh, Marco Verratti has officially extended his contract with the club jewels. How much oh, for? Oh, no, yeah. Until 2026. So he arrived as in 2012. Uh, as a 19-year-old at the time from Serie B, from Pescara straight to PSG. And so he's been really like almost a one-man club, yeah. to be fair, all that time in Paris. He's had injuries before and we know he's some ups and downs, but mostly it was, he's been an amazing player to watch for us as PSG yeah. fans. So I'm glad he extended his contract. He's 30 now. He's going to probably finish in Paris for the club I mean he can still maybe I guess go back to Italy but right now I would say he probably feels more Parisian than, yeah. than anything else you know yeah. so I'm glad I'm glad they, they tied him up to a new deal I think it's a really good thing excellent it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure. 
You got this. Adidas. Danny Blaine is a free agent after the end of his contract at Ajax. With his experience, would you take him to your club? Whatever club that is, I'm just not saying for City, but in general. Hey. It's too slow for you. No, do you know what? I feel I feel bad in some ways when I talk about him because he's an exceptionally good player. Yeah. But he's unglamorous. <laughs> so as a consequence, whoever signs him will get something that's really of value. But nobody's going to be excited to do it. True. You know, I get and that. that is such a shame. But he's somebody who you'd be happy to play alongside, somebody you'd be happy to have in your team. But unfortunately, you know, he's heading towards the latter part of his career. Yeah, he's 32 or So as a consequence, some of the options that he has might not be as good as, say, he would want or maybe he deserves. And yeah. lots of teams wouldn't be thinking that he's going to change. Signing Daily Blind isn't going to change. You don't have a You don't think, like... He should, he's capable and probably wants to play week in, week out. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a feeling for me when there's, with a free transfer, it's like, some clubs look at it like they're doing them a favour as opposed to the other way around. Because yeah, they're yeah, free, yeah. they don't have the value, but he does have the value and he'd probably be a great deal. But if he wants to play week in, week out, he's got to find the right spot because as a 32-year-old, yeah, in January, people see. are thinking backup, aren't they? More yeah, than anything. Yeah, true, true, true. You know, and he probably deserves better than that because, you know, it was only two weeks ago we were watching him at the World Cup yeah, in the Netherlands yeah, yeah, and yeah. he wasn't doing a bad job there, let's no, just say. No. Um so Kareem Benzema's agent has been very vocal about what happened to Benzema at the World Cup. Yeah, games. the drama, which we knew, remember, at some point... Yeah, like, there's always drama. Always, always drama. drama. Basically, the Benzema camp saying that he, he got injured, remember, yeah. we were together. But then the injury was not as bad as maybe the French medical staff and the French staff, Deschamps and everybody felt or thought. So Karim could have easily stayed with the team. Mm-hmm. And got fit for the last 16. That's what his, his agent, Karim Jaziri, is saying. Maybe more the quarterfinals. Deschamps has always said that, listen, there was an injury. We would not keep an injured player with us because we didn't know when he would be fit. That's why he went home. Benzema is saying, like, well, I got upset because if you really valued me, I should have stayed here. I've always told you, I think a team with Benzema is always better than a team without Benzema because he's, he's that good. So maybe it would have been worth for France to keep him. And for him for him to stay, he was not replaced by Deschamps either. Yeah. So you could have well kept him, got him fit, whether that was for the last 16, half an hour, 15 minutes, whether that was for the quarterfinal, fully fit, ready to start against England. Did or you Hernandez, think he's too tricky? No, no. Did Hernandez stay? No, Hernandez went. But Hernandez had an ACL. So Hernandez was never going to be fit before I'm, I'm trying to think of... I'm sure there were some teams out there who kept their injured players all together in a group. I'm trying so, to think for example, Lukaku arrived injured, stayed, and only played really the end of the second game, but the second half of the third game. So when... So Benzema had just started training just before the tournament started. Yeah. So in theory, they picked him when he was injured. Yeah. So... Or what, recovering from injury, so then he the, had a setback. So what would have been the case if maybe he would have been fit for the third group game? Would they not have put him in the squad at all? No, I think they would have. That's why they don't, un, they don't really understand why Deschamps took the decision to say, OK, you're going home now. Mm. Instead of saying like, you know what? What would you have done? I would have kept him. And now it's easy to say, it's easy to say now, because we're starting to know a bit more about the truth of what the, the injury really was about, the diagnostic that was made. Mm. Uh, and he was not replaced for... Re- I mean, really, if Deschamps felt like he needed another forward, he would he have was. replaced him. He was still allowed to do so. So, so he could have easily brought so you, you me, truth, yeah. so anybody. So you think, you think the truth is going to come out eventually or you think it's just going to be two sides? Surely it will come out. Right. When, when, whenever Deschamps... 
speaks about it or Benzema himself first maybe but surely there's still there's still more to, to learn about it yeah for sure maybe it was a relationship stuff maybe it was yeah, like a, we'll find out we're always know, there we're always there and I mean talking about Benzema La Liga Real Madrid La Liga is back on Thursday Nathan, mm. and it's a massive game for Atletico Madrid against Elche yeah that is exactly right you know they slipped down the table a little bit and I think it's three losses and a draw in the last yeah. four games which is obviously never good before the break but coming up against an Elche side who still haven't won yet this season Surely the expectations are just going to win, start climbing Surely. the table and all this. But what result would be if we didn't go the other way? But I'm with you. Like football coming back and all these respective leagues, it's exciting. Yeah, Liga and back, Premier League back, and the Liga coming back as well. I'm looking forward to seeing it's some good, of those man. players. It's, it's going to be good. It's so so good. good. So Jules, who is this new prodigy who gave Monaco a precious win on Wednesday? So you know, you said like all the leagues are back, and the French usually. I mean, apart from England, no one plays really at this time of the year. It's just because of the World Cup and the Winter World Cup. So you watch Liga restarting and. You watch it, but almost a bit like we are with the Premier League. There's not, there's not many surprises, yeah. you know. And then you watch this Auxerre Monaco game that on paper looks like okay, Monaco are going to win. It's pretty straightforward. And then this 17 year old kid comes on for Monaco for his first ever league game. So you've heard a little bit about him. He plays for Frontenac 18, for example. His brother is at the Marseille Academy. So you know, it's called Elias Benseguier. So you kind of know the name, but mm-hmm. I've never really seen him play. And then. The kid is there, scores two goals. The second one, he's a worldie. Like, he comes on to his right foot, curls it, and he's just like, what have I just witnessed here? What have I just seen? He became the, the youngest player to score a brace on his Liga, on his, on his French top flight debut. Uh, the fifth youngest to score for Monaco in, in the French top flights. So Kylian is first, mm-hmm. Thierry is second. So this is the kind of players that... Yeah. Is Badiashil, by the way, uh, the, 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 the Chelsea players to be, is also on that list. And you think, what, 17 and 10 months, he turned 18 on February 16th or 15th, I think. And you're just like, wow, maybe we've just witnessed the, the, the birth, in a way, of mm. a new talent, very young talent. The people in Monaco speak very highly of him. And again, I think sometimes you get too excited by a young player and you, you just forget and we said about that about Rico Lewis yeah. and maybe there would be a time where Lewis or Ben Segui or those kind of kids just need a bit more time to you know to, to find the consistency that you need to have at that kind of level but for that first game I was like man yeah, it's not bad huh? it's not it's bad, not bad 17, I mean 17 I was going to say where were you at 17 and 10 months but you were already yeah, well, in Premier League yeah, sorry, I certainly I'm wasn't a bad example I'm a bad example <laughs> I apologise I apologise <laughs> oh my god Dean Smith I remember him has been sacked as the Norwich manager Nadem is sad especially because he was already sacked uh, at Aston Villa before, but inevitable, right? Yeah, it is inevitable. I think Norwich do have high expectations, especially when they're in the Championship. I think mm. in the Premier League, they hope to do well. In the Championship, they expect to do well. Yeah. So when you see the likes of Burnley up at the top with a new manager, you're seeing Sheffield United up there as well. Like For them to be as far off the pace as they are currently, it's not who they are. Like They're a team who would get 90 to 100 points in the Championship usually. Yeah. So I think the moment they could sniff that things are going in the wrong direction... They will be quick to sort of make that change, but there'll be one or two managers who believe they can propel them forward. And the objective now is just to make it to the Premier League, not necessarily to finish top two. And I think they're capable of doing that, and it'll be a good job. But, you know, the football pyramid is so interesting. The expectation, like last week, there was a game between United and Burnley, and people saying this might be a slip-up for United because Burnley are doing so well. Yeah. If Burnley go up, their expectation is that their finishing position will be one position higher than being top of the championship, which is bottom of the premiership. <laughs> and then if they went to play Old Trafford, they'd be like, well, don't worry about Burnley. 
they're probably going to go down anyway. You know, the psychology is like the yeah. two different divisions. Like, it's literally one rank higher yeah. that changes the whole mentality. But for Norwich, they, they're desperate to go up and they're desperate to get it right. And I think as they look at a team like Fulham this year, who've been a bit of a yo-yo side, mm. but now seem very, very stable in terms of what they're trying to go for, you know, this is an enticing job because the ownership group will want that to be the case. And if they find the right manager, maybe that's what it will be. Yeah. Um, Porto finished 2022 with a big win against Arauca. Is that what you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Otavio and Taremi shining jewels. Yeah, because Portugal League as well, Nate, was back uh, last night. Uh, easy win for them. Otavio scored after 20 seconds. So 20 I think, seconds? Yeah, 20 seconds. How, what what the, are we doing? How is this the imagine case? Imagine the restart. You do the kickoff and then... Come on, boys, let's have a strong start. Uh, yeah, oh. you're the smaller team and you play away at Porto. And then, and then a hat-trick for Mediterranean, who we're both big fans. And we saw him at the World Cup with, with Iran. Not that he went according to plans for them because they obviously didn't qualify for, for the last 16. But still, I think there's a play in Taremi. Uh, and, and Porto, who are behind Benfica, who pretty much had a perfect first half of the season, at least, you know, put a bit of pressure with that, with that win to get a little bit closer. So well done to them to mm. finish 2022 and, and I guess restart, restart the way they did. Mm. Nadem, if you wanted to buy the new Argentina shirt, you know, the one with the three stars, as mm. much as it pains me to say, mm -hmm. uh, you'll have to wait because it will only be ready and available in April. How's that the case? Why is it taking so long to add, just add a third star to a shirt? Do you know what, though? What I will say, there are some nations where it's taken over 50 years and for Argentina, it's actually ah. taken 36. So maybe the three months isn't too bad when you yeah. wait that long already that's fair enough that's a good answer yeah. that's a very so staying with Argentina their World Cup winners were slowly coming to start to come back to the respective yeah. club jewels we know Messi's back in Paris and how Mbappe feels about the Argentine celebrations yeah so Messi uh, will be back on January the 3rd yeah. uh, so he's, he missed the game uh, on Wednesday night we missed the big game against Lance at the weekend but I guess it's normal we see McAllister slowly uh, coming back Di Maria as well all the others which I think is fine uh, they deserve the holidays and after the PSG game, uh, Mbappé was asked about those celebrations. And to be fair, I thought he was very clever in the way he answered. He said, listen, celebrations, this has nothing to do with me. I don't care. Uh, maybe he cares privately, but publicly he said he doesn't care. He said he congratulated Messi after the game. And he said it's normal to do so. You know, it was, it was not my time. It was his time that time. You know, it was the quest of a lifetime, he said, for Messi to win it. And I think I, I generally felt like Kylian was happy for Messi. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, nah, I'm just waiting for him to be back here in Paris and for us to play together again and, and score. Knowing Kylian as well as I do, he could have easily put like a little sentence there. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, would have yeah, been a bit yeah. controversial or something a bit spiky. Yeah. And he didn't. And I thought that was the right way of doing it. Gross, huh? Yeah. Don't you agree? Like, yeah, I think, I agree, I think I like, you know, for everything he could have said, I thought that was okay. Yeah, I, I want to believe him because yeah. that's just a massive story. I know, I agree with you. Well, that's all we have time for today, man. Thank you so much for coming. Pleasure, Thank you sir. so much for being here. What a great show we had again. For you guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back, of course, uh, on Monday for a new edition of the Gab and Jude show. In the meantime, enjoy all the football coming. Enjoy the New Year's celebrations, of course, as well. And as Gab always say, something like love yourself, love your neighbor and love the game. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. 